Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Marveling with May. I'm May, your friendly neighborhood guide to the MCU, and today we are talking about episode two of Miss Marvel, titled Crushed. Wow, um, there's a lot to talk about here, so let's dive right into it. And without further ado, let's get started. Whoa, 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 wow. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys, a lot went down. This this episode, wow. I mean, we started off with a bang. Like, I really expected. In the past shows that we had, I'm sorry, I'm talking like 100 miles a minute, but in past episodes, we've seen, or sorry, not episodes, in past shows, we've seen the first like two to three episodes be really a slow burn, right? Like, we're just getting introduced to the characters, we're learning more about them, but nothing really happens or nothing big is discovered until like the third or fourth episode. Not so with this show. Oh my goodness. This this episode was crazy. I mean, I, I'm kind of in shock right now. Like this one, this one has to rank pretty high on my list of Marvel episodes this far. Like at the level of WandaVision, um, which you all know how much I love WandaVision, but I'm genuinely putting this show at that level and we are only two episodes in. So if that doesn't tell you enough, I, I don't know what will. But I, I have so many notes here. I want to get through them because there is so much to talk about. So many like plot twists, so many discoveries. So, okay, let's start. All right, first of all, the biggest thing that we're finding out in this episode initially is that the world does not know that Kamala was the one behind the AvengerCon fiasco. I kind of expected everyone to know it was her. Um, just because, like, she did have a mask on, but, like, wouldn't Zoe have recognized her? I really feel like if you go to the same school, like, you kind of know. And they've obviously, they're, like, acquaintances, at least. Like, I feel like you would know that that person, like, who they were. But I don't know, like, I I guess it's possible that they don't. Um, but I was really shocked by that. I genuinely thought this was gonna be sort of a like, Kamala is famous at her school type of thing because she knows about this or everyone knows it's her. Because in this intro, we see her, like, walking around the school and she's, like, having a good time. She's really confident. She's talking to people. And I guess part of that is she just feels more confident about herself, which is great. I think that's fantastic. But I initially thought we were going to see a Kamala Khan, kind of like the Peter Parker discovery, where she becomes, like, a celebrity at her school. But not so. Now, (laughs) Zoe is a celebrity at her school, and I don't, I don't really know my opinions on Zoe yet because it's, I don't know, like she's obviously very self-obsessed. We can say that, but when she was, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself in this episode, but when she's with the DODC, we see like glimpses of her kind of like I feel like she knows in some way that it was Kamala and almost wants to protect her because when she's talking to the agents, she's very much like, um. I don't know, like, defending her in a way. I just got weird vibes from that conversation. Or not weird vibes, but definitely I think Zoe kind of knows more than she's letting on, which I think is interesting. The other big thing that we learn almost right off the bat with Bruno's help is that the bracelet is unlocking powers inside of Kamala. So I actually talked about this last week, how I thought it was kind of like the bracelet was there, but it wasn't the thing giving her powers. It was unlocking something within her or, like, enhancing something within her. Which, now that, like, we're talking about it, I think we have to get back to the Inhuman thing. Now, I don't know a ton about Inhumans within the comics. It's just not something I was super, like, into. 
But what I do know is the inhuman continuity within the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. And in that show, we know that powers were generational, right? Sky, Daisy's mom um, had powers and so did her father. And they kind of got passed down through family lineage. Now, obviously, the show has big ties to family and to family culture and like generations and family lineage, right? And so I feel like there is something there where obviously we're discovering Kamala's powers and her family's powers kind of as like a a like concealed thing concealed is not the right word I'm not speaking correctly here but as a contained that's it we're speaking about her powers within her family and that lineage as a contained event where it's like oh only the Khan family has these powers but I think that by the end of this we're going to discover that it is an inhuman thing and what we're going to see is that other people around the world have these powers too. And in the comic books, there was this huge event of terragenesis, and that's what got Inhumans out into the world, because there was like a giant bomb that exploded that basically brought this gene, or this like, yeah, gene, I guess would be the right word. It brought out this gene in Inhumans that had had it, but didn't know that they had it, similar to what this bracelet is doing. So I think that to Kamala, this bracelet is like terragenesis, and that every inhuman that we're going to meet from this point on, if they go the inhuman route, I mean, that's not exactly confirmed, but every inhuman from this point on is going to have something like that, that is a family heirloom or something that brings out those enhanced abilities. So that was really interesting to me because it almost confirmed what we had suspected, but Bruno kind of says point blank, like, it's not the bracelet, the energy is from inside of you, which was interesting. Um, you gotta feel bad for Bruno in this episode. I mean, you have Kamran, who I must admit is very attractive, <laughs> like very much. I, I do not blame Kamala for being kind of head over heels for him. Um, but Bruno feels very sad because, yeah, our, our guy has a bit of a crush. <laughs> I think that was pretty clear from the first episode. Um, so yeah, I feel a little bad for Bruno. I mean, he really, he's like doing everything for Kamala. And I think that he's going to have to come to a point where he realizes he can't be doing everything for her and that he has to kind of find his own way. Um, And whether that be finding his own way as like a sidekick to Kamala or as like a, I don't know, he just needs to find something that is his own. And I think that this Caltech opportunity is going to be that. Now let's talk about the Caltech opportunity because it could be one of two things. Number one, it could just be a fun little like relationship plot point that Marvel is putting in that has nothing to do with superpowers and nothing to do with heroes. Or, <laughs> since I am a Marvel theorizing podcast, or it could be something where he's going to meet with a prominent scientist in the MCU and that's going to be Bruno's future. Now, what prominent scientist do we know that could possibly be running a science lab at a fancy California laboratory? Reed Richards. <laughs> this this is my theory and I'm sticking to it. I think that if he t- I think he's going to take this opportunity. He's going to go to Caltech. He's going to meet Reed Richards and that's going to be Bruno's path forward. And then he's going to come back to Kamala, have like newfound wisdom about superheroics and is going to be able to share that with Kamala far in the future. Like I don't think it's going to happen in this series, but later in the future Reed Richards is going to give knowledge to Bruno that Bruno will then be able to use to help Kamala. 
This would also be a fantastic time for a cameo for Reed Richards, as we do know that the Fantastic Four movie is confirmed at this point. So, yeah, I think it would be super cool. I mean, it could be really any big scientist. It could be Bruce Banner. It could be... I mean, he's kind of the only other one. <laughs> I meant to, like, list out a couple, but that's that's kind of it. Um, you have Bruce Banner and now Reed Richards. Um, but yes, I think the Caltech opportunity is definitely going to be a tie into something else. But then we also learned a couple other things about Kamala's powers. It's confirmed that we are calling it hard light, which I know that the creators like mentioned before. I didn't think that that was actually going to be the name, but <laughs> hard light it is. That training sequence was so fun. I really, okay, something I really enjoyed about the show as a whole is the fact that you have this character that is a superhero, but like isn't perfect by any means. And we've seen that in the past. You know, obviously we've seen our heroes like make mistakes and whatnot, but with Kamala, it's very clear that she is different from those heroes, right? We actually see her struggling and see her like being a normal high school student and like also having to learn how to use superpowers. And even, again, skipping ahead a little bit, even going to the end of this episode where she has to save the boy from the building, she makes a mistake. Like, it's not perfect. And she's still a hero, but she's not perfect, and she doesn't instantly grasp her powers, which I think is a complaint for a lot of people within the MCU, is all you see is, like, like for Doctor Strange, right? You see him at the beginning, he struggles a little bit, but then you jump ahead a couple weeks, and he's, like, Sorcerer Supreme, right? With Kamala, you don't see that. You see her training, you see her struggling, and then by the episode, by the end of this episode, he's still struggling. So I think that that's something that's very new and very refreshing. But that training sequence was so fun because it was her, like, running around and doing push-ups, and, like, you can tell that her and Bruno don't really understand, like, what kind of superhero training they should be doing, but they're doing their best, and we can be proud of them for that because it does make for a really cute montage. But something happens in this that I was a little bit suspicious of. So we have this scene where Kamala is hanging from like the side of this brick wall. Um, not a very high brick wall, I, I must remind you, but she's hanging on the side of it and Bruno is holding her and she says this thing. And she's like, you have to let go. Like, let me go. You have to let go. Obviously, to me at least, a clear reference to what happened on Vormir. But this raises the really big question of how does the MCU know what happened on Vormir? The only two people that were there that would know what what happened would be Clint and Natasha. Natasha is obviously dead. And Clint, I don't necessarily see him as the type to go around being like, yeah, this is what happened when my best friend died on Vormir. You know, like, I feel like Clint was not the one to reveal that to the world. He's already a very closed off guy. And even in the series, in the Hawkeye series, like, he didn't even really tell uh, Kate Bishop exactly what happened. He kind of referenced it or made some mention of it, but he never said specifically what happened. And yet we see Kamala using the exact words, nearly the exact words that Natasha used on Warmere. So I know that we already talked about Scott Lang's podcast and how that's kind of likely the thing that's giving people information about the Avengers, but how would someone know something that's this personal and traumatic for Clint? Like, how in the world does the rest of the outside world know what happened there in the word that was used? 
So I found that really interesting and really confusing, and it could just be a Marvel plot hole. That's absolutely possible, but I don't know. I feel like there's something deeper there, because this has kind of happened twice now, right? We saw her geeking out over Captain Marvel, which, how did she know that much about Captain Marvel? Obviously, you have Scott Lang's podcast, but how did he know that much about Captain Marvel when he was literally in one fight with her? And also, now, how do they know about Vormir? So, it raises a lot of questions, and again, it could be a plot hole, could be something Marvel just didn't think about when they made it, but I kind of expect more from Marvel writers at this point. Like, I don't expect them just to make a mistake. I think this was intentional, and I can't tell you why it's intentional yet, but I would say to watch out for that because it seemed very deliberate to me. Okay, Nikia and Kamala have a team up in this episode, and I think it's so cute. I loved getting to see Nikia a little bit more in this one. Um, I think she's a really cool character. Like, we saw their conversation in the bathroom, and there's definitely a story there with Nikia about like who she is. We haven't met any of her family or anything, and so I think it's going to be interesting to like see more of her throughout the show. But I love her as like a best friend figure for Kamala. It's, they have a very fun dynamic, and I think that's a lot. That's really cool. So, yeah, the Nikia and Kamala team up was pretty cool. But what they find out in this is that Nikia is going to run from the mosque council. Um, which is like an elected position. So that's kind of a underlying theme of this episode is them basically trying to gain the votes of a very traditional community, it seems, right? They have their people, they stick with their people, and Nakia is kind of trying to break into the fold. So that was a cool little underplot throughout this whole thing. Okay. This is this is where we <laughs> this is where we talk. So we're at this party, right, that Zoe is holding because of to, to celebrate the fragility of life, which I love that line. I thought it was so funny, um, but that's besides the point. But we're at this party and Kamran jumps from the roof of this pool or the roof of this like building into a pool and, and has like a pretty hard hit. And then he comes out of the pool and he's talking to Bruno and Bruno's like, you know, that looked like it hurt. Like, are you OK? And he's like, no, I didn't really feel anything. OK. So this could be uh, Kamran being like, you know, tough guy or like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Like, I didn't feel anything. Or does Kamran have superpowers? I don't know, guys. I like immediately when I saw this, I was like, oh, he's got he's got something right. And immediately I thought of um, I I don't know if anyone is going to remember this. If you're not a hardcore fan of um, of. I'm liking on the name Agents of Shield, but there is a man in Agents of Shield whose skin is basically made of metal. Like he can make his skin turn into metal, and so like nothing affects him. And those were the vibes that I got from Kamran. And I could be completely wrong, but then the ending of this episode kind of makes me more suspicious. Does Kamran have superpowers? If so, what are those powers? And does it have any relation to? This to Victor Creel from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who, remember, was also an Inhuman. And if we're going the Inhuman route, it's a clear connection there. And that also means Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon. So bring that back into the mix, too. (laughs) Honestly, there should be, like, a game where you guys count the amount of times that I say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon throughout all my episodes. Because, especially in recent history, it's been very often. And I apologize for that, but then again, 
I'm very passionate about this. I think it's canon, and everything that they've been doing lately is kind of confirming it. So, I don't know, guys. Keep it in the back of your mind. Um, anyways, Kamran and Kamala are so cute together. Like, I'm a little more suspicious of Kamran now because of the ending. And, like, maybe that was the only reason he was being nice to her, which I don't like as a plot point. But at least for the beginning of this episode, I thought they were so cute together. It was really fun. And, yeah. Okay, and then Bruno, we see, gets this opportunity to go to Caltech. We already kind of talked about that. But why is he so hesitant? Is it just because he'd be leaving Kamala? Or is there something else? Um, Yeah, I think like he didn't seem excited about it at all. That was a little weird to me. So, I don't know. Maybe it is just because he's he's going to miss Kamala. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something, like, a little bit deeper than that. But, yeah. We'll have to see. And then... Kingo. Yeah. Okay. This was so cool. I literally just wrote in my notes, Kingo! Continuity! Because <laughs> I got so excited about it. Um, Kamran and Kamala are talking about Bollywood movies, and they mentioned Kingo. And they talk about how, like, Kamala loves Kingo, and Kamran's, well, <laughs> this is interesting, too. Kamran's mother also loves Kingo. Loves Kingo Sr., but loves Kingo nonetheless. Okay, so this is skipping ahead a little bit, but by the end of this episode, we know that there is something with Kamran's mom. And she wanted to meet Kamala for some reason. Does Kamran's mother have some connection to the Eternals? To Kingo? We know that she's, like, obsessed with Kingo, right? And, like, is just loves everything he does. Maybe that goes a little deeper. Maybe they're related in some way. Maybe that is the source of Kamala's powers. Maybe it's not in humans at all. Maybe this is a branch off of the Eternals, which would be pretty cool. Not gonna lie, it would be pretty cool. This was another, like, little Eternals thing. And if you think about it, the powers of Kamala kind of, in some odd way, they're almost reminiscent of the Eternals' powers. Like, that kind of purple color tone, like, that feels very, feels very Eternal-like. So, I don't know. That's, <laughs> like, I'm, my head is really spinning with this information of um, Kamran's mother. But I think it's definitely possible that Kingo and and her have some sort of connection. The other thing that Kamran says about this is that it's generational. And he uses those words, generational. And we already talked about lineage and relation to inhumans and their powers. What if he's making some reference to that? The generational love of Kingo. Or in other words, a generational power that's connected to Kingo. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I'm grasping at straws right now because this, again, this episode was insane. Okay, so then we have this dinner conversation with Kamala and her family, and we're talking about um, Sana, who was, I think it was Kamala's grandmother. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Kamala's grandmother, who was split apart during the partition of India and was split from her family, and then found her way back by following a trail of stars to her father. Now, obviously. Like, this is definitely a reference to the powers that Kamala has. I mean, I think there's no denying that. But who had those powers? Was it Sana's mother, who, in a last-ditch effort to reconcile the family, led Sana to her father and was lost in the process? Or was it Sana, who was 
using powers that had previously been undiscovered. I don't, I don't know, but this is clearly a reference to the powers that Kamala now has, and we need more of this story, and I'm really confused by this story, because then the, um, Illuminantes, which I love as a name, simply because of the connection to the Illuminantes, which we saw in Doctor Strange, which of course, like, Kamala and Nakia would have no idea who the Illuminatis are in another universe, but I still think it's really funny that they slipped that in there. Um, but then the Illuminati, Illuminantis, there we go, are talking about how people knew um, Kamala's great-grandmother and that she was like the super dangerous person. So I think she must have been the one with powers similar to Kamala's and must have like lost control of them in some way. And then was able to save Sana, but was lost in the process. I I don't know. I'm really super lost by this episode. But um, yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. Anyways, as we continue, um, Kamala has like this episode, right? She like passes out um, in front of, oh my gosh, my computer's going insane. Sorry, guys. I really hope that all of this was recorded. I'm going to have to check the audio. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, then we have this moment where Kamala passes out. Or, like, we see her slip into this world that we saw at the end of last episode. Where it's, like, this world of light, right? And she's looking around and she sees this woman, like, reaching through a doorway. Now, my first thought when I saw this was, is that the train door that Sana was able to run through? Is that what that moment is referencing? Or, like, who is that woman? Is it Sana? Or is it... Or Sana? Or is it Kamala's great-grandmother? And why was the bangle... Obviously, the bangle was triggered in some way because of the story that was being told. But how did it know? <laughs> is this a sentient bangle? I don't know. Like, it's weird that it was able to be triggered in that way. And then the other thing that I thought of is this definitely looks like some sort of ancestral plane. Obviously, it's not the ancestral plane, I don't think. That would be a really interesting plot twist, though, but it does have that same effect, kind of, like, similar to the Duat in um, Moon Knight and then also the ancestral plane, like, this kind of very, like, spiritual, not afterlife, but, like, connection between two worlds in some way, between, like, the living and the dead. So that was really interesting and again super confusing but she passes out which also why did she pass out i don't know i think it was like a too much power at one time i don't know absolutely insane episode but who is in that doorway i think that's the question that needs to be answered like i feel like it's probably her great-grandmother i'm kind of ditching the sun of theory just because i don't know like it everything feels like it's pointing to her great-grandmother but what happened what is the story <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell. Okay. And then we have the interview between Creel and Zoe. And I, what I wrote down in my notes, Creel is a genius, but also I hate him. And I think that that just, I think that really captures the emotion of Creel because he is genuinely so intelligent. Like the way that he is able, he did the same thing in No Way Home. Like he interviews these people and he gets the, the information out of them in a very creative way. But please, sir, use your power for good. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility, and you're not using that responsibility very well. So my message to Creel is, like, 
take after Spider-Man a little bit and maybe be responsible with her powers. Um, and then we have this new character, Deaver. What is up with her? I like genuinely she walks in and then starts asking about um like the ethnicity of of who this person was and it was like the weirdest thing like i was so lost and confused and then he makes this mention of like search all the mosques or something and then says like and creel says like be nice to them because the fbi is already investigating and i'm i'm just so genuinely confused like in like what event happened i just i don't i don't know what that conversation was it was really weird and there's definitely a story there and we kind of got like zero hints as to what that story is but already i do not like deaver um i i already do not like creel um so yeah i'm really at a bit of a loss but then we have the uh the big like festival um for kamala's mosque and no one there also knows what happened to Kamala's great-grandmother. Which, again, like, everyone kind of has, like, a faint idea, but no one really knows the story. And I think the only person who does is Kamala's mother. And I think we're going to have a confrontation of Kamala being like, I need the information because this is happening to me. I think that that conversation needs to happen between Kamala and her mother. Nakia is killing it in the campaign game. I loved her conversation with Kamala's uh, father, where she's, like, talking about, like, you you can't take away the dreams of young women. I thought, I mean, that was expertly done. I thought that was so funny. Um, And then Kamala, there's a a boy hanging from this, like, belt tower, and he's about to fall, and Kamala goes to save him. And this is the first true hero mission of Kamala. It was so fun. Like, she's standing up there, and she's like, think think of good things. And it's this whole ice cream pizza thing. It was so funny. Um, She was able to recover him successfully. It was the first time we've seen her use the, like, stepping stone thing that she makes out of light, which was a really cool effect, and I, I loved the way that she did that. But then, as I said before, she makes a mistake, right? She drops the kid. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh about that, about dropping a child. Um... But she, like, drops him. And it's this whole thing. And she still saves him, right? But he kind of... It seems like he broke his ankle or something. But it's this thing of, like, he made a mistake. And again, it's so refreshing to see this hero who's, like, genuinely just doing her best. And if it feels more realistic. Because if you were in this situation, if I were in this situation, if it were only my, like, second or third day with superpowers... There's no way I'm going up and saving a kid from a 200-foot-tall tower, right? Like, you're gonna make mistakes, and Kamala makes mistakes. And I, again, I think it's so true to the story, how that happened. Okay. <clears throat> and then, <laughs> and then everything goes downhill. <laughs> like, it's so bad. The last, like, one minute of this episode is just, like, <clears throat> pure insanity. I... It was genuinely the one of the most confusing things I've ever seen. So Kamala comes down from the rooftop. She's obviously like distressed about what just happened. I mean, she almost dropped the child onto the ground from like 20 feet up. So not good, right? She's a little shaken up. And she's running and then we have these drones that appear. And we know pretty immediately it's the DODC. But what did this remind you of? Because I know what it reminded me of. Um, 
the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Again, I said Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when Daisy was recovering in humans around the world, and they, like, it happened in an alleyway. <laughs> like, the first time we ever saw it, it was in an alleyway. It was, like, with big armored trucks. And it was, like, with all this fancy technology and these weird guns. Literally the exact same situation played out for Kamala. Like, the parallels. Again, Marvel does not really make mistakes. Like, they don't do anything unintentionally. And that felt so intentional, so deliberate to me. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like the DODC is the new, like, shield, kind of. I don't, yeah. Or the new sword. It was, wait. There was a, there was an agency, an agency of shield for Inhumans. And I can't remember what it is for the life of me. But it felt super reminiscent of that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm putting it out there again. It just feels... It feels like we're going to get an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cameo. And if we are, I would not be more excited. But then Kamran comes and saves um, Kamala, right? And then takes her away. And his mother is in the backseat and, and says this thing like, Kamala, I've been waiting for you for so long. What was that? I, who is she? Where did she come from? Who is Kamran? Also... Who was Kamran's uncle? Let me tell you the first thing I thought of when I saw this. Kamran's uncle has this car, right? It's a very cool car, okay? This car looks like it belongs with the power broker in, um, oh my gosh, I'm completely blinking on the city. I'm gonna look it up right now, but, um, Madripoor, that's what it was. It was Madripoor. Um, anyways, that car looked like super reminiscent of the cars that we saw in Madripoor, and I don't quite know how to explain it, but I hope you understand what I mean, because it's like that LED thing inside this really dark car, and there's even a mention when they're in the car for the first time, Bruno's like, Kamala says something about like, oh my gosh, I love your uncle's car, and in the back, Bruno's like, yeah, it's so dark, like, why is it so dark, and why are there these lights? Is maybe Kamran's uncle related to the power broker? I don't think it's that far-fetched to think. I mean, this feels like the shady car, the I just moved here. Like, it all feels very much like like a Sharon Carter thing. I don't know. That is such a shot in the dark. But, like, who else do we know that would be this invested in powers? And, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt like the power broker. And that car just felt like Madripoor. Like, it felt like the Madripoor aesthetic. And is Kamran's uncle related to the power broker? Or is Kamran's uncle going to be part of, like, Arbor Wars, which we know is coming up? So, yeah. <laughs> that was so much information. And I'm sorry. I know I just, I literally, I think that's the fastest I've spoken in an episode. Um, and this episode was, <laughs> I mean, it was insane. I, I really... I really like this show, though. I think it does a great job of mixing these, like, emotional and, like, serious moments with really lighthearted, fun moments, and it still just always feels very fun and, like, cartoony in a way. And even the animation style that they use, it's, yeah, I really like it. And I like the way that they played with light in this episode as well, not just through Kamala's powers, but, like, when she gets home after being with Kamran, he's, like... She's dancing through her hallways, and you can see, like, everything is tinted in, like, this red and purple, and, like, all these hearts are, are around the screen, and then her parents see her, and it, like, switches back to just a normal scene, but then it switches back again to this 
color like it, it very much reminds me i don't know how many of you are familiar with la la land but there's this very specific well it, even throughout the whole movie they use light to convey what is happening in the story and of course every show and movie does that but it's super deliberate in that film and it's also super deliberate in miss marvel so i love it i love how light kind of connects everything together and yeah i'm just <laughs> i'm very excited to see what's next um i'm kind of along for the ride in this one i threw out all my theories i don't know how many of them are gonna be correct um you all can can judge me on that once the next episode comes out but i i'm so excited for the rest of the show so yeah Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Marveling with May. I will see you all next week as we try to get some answers to these many questions from episode two in episode three of Miss Marvel. I cannot wait, so I'll see you all in the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs>